0: Roll, 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 or die, roll or die, roll or die, roll or die. Welcome to another episode of Roll or Die. Mm-hmm. We are all about bringing the Jiu-Jitsu couples to you. Anton loves to chat with them, and yeah, this is a well, by Sydney standards, certainly very famous and perhaps throughout the whole of Australia, people know these guys. They are Owen and Sarah G. Key. uh, Owen is the head instructor at Gracie Miranda, uh, third degree black belt. And Sarah is his lovely wife and who is a brown belt. So thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having us. This is awesome.
2: Awesome. Welcome, guys. So I want to jump, I I would love to open this up with something that I've been dealing with this week, right? So I've gotten, you know, (laughs) you guys are all high level, okay? And this is a conversation which like, I literally blew up my social media last week, okay? The reason is I've never, ever, ever, ever washed my belt until this week because I was told by my first coach you don't wash your belt it's got the juju in it and you got to keep that and you tie the knot in it at the end of the class and then you take it home and you throw stuff in there anyway <clears throat> my belt just floats around in my room on my desk I look at it I'm like I love you, belt but it never gets washed right anyway yeah. I'm like like I was doing a live stream and then this like sixth degree black belt I think it's you know third or fourth or something Gerald Batty he's awesome he's like you know people didn't use to wash their belts but you know that was because of tradition and this and that. And now people wash their belts. I'm like, oh. So anyway, it took me another couple of months after that and I decided, okay, I'm going to be a belt washer. So I washed my belt and I posted it on my social media. Like, hey guys. And I got trolled hard. <laughs> okay, Like we <laughs> used to being trolled, but this was even harder. And it kind of got very controversial. So then I'm like, well, if you guys are going to troll me, I'm gonna do a survey and find out what's going on out there, right? So I did this survey. I'm just gonna quickly share my screen. The reason why I'm going on with this precursor to this is because I really value everybody's opinion. Like, I don't think there's a right answer to this. Like, obviously science has an answer. Um, But if if I share my screen right now and I'll just refresh this, because this is a live survey. We've got 121 responses. 33% of people wash their belt after every single session. 14.9% wash their belts weekly uh, 3.3% wash their belts fortnightly, 13.2% wash their belts monthly, 10, uh, yeah. 8.3% wash their belts quarterly and 27.3% never, ever, ever wash their belt. Right. So I was like, screw you guys for trolling me because obviously, <laughs> you know, out of hundred people on the mats, you know, around 30% of the people don't wash their belts. Now, what I'm definitely committed to is like, yes, it might be right. It might be wrong. I don't know, but the way that people kind of attacked me is not going to cause a change, right? So I think that, like, what I'm interested in is in your club, do you talk about belt washing? Have you ever talked about belt washing? Is this something that's on the agenda?
1: Uh, we
3: we do talk about it. Um, yeah. I think back in the day, it used to be kind of frowned upon. Everyone would say, you know, don't wash the, you know, the magic. Well, staff's a real thing. So um, yeah. I encourage people to wash their belt, at least probably, you know, once, Maybe after every session probably a bit much because when you think about it, it sits on the outside. So it's not really having too much contact and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. but um, you certainly should wash it. If it's starting to get manky, you certainly should wash it. You should definitely hang it out in the sun to let the UV get on it and all
1: that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. In I was saying that I don't really wash my belt though. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I just like have this, like what yeah. is it, the juju thing, but I definitely think as a practitioner I'm like oh I don't want to wash my belt but as a coach and a gym owner I'm like hygiene so it's yeah. really yeah. a, you
0: know thanks for being here. how, much, um, how yeah. much no-gi do you guys do at um your Gracie club is it is it sort of evenly split 50 50 gi no-gi or are you doing a uh lot of-
3: it we're we're probably more more of a gi uh academy we probably have 90 uh, something percent of our classes are gi yeah. we have um, we don't have that many nogi classes uh it is something we are addressing because yeah. there is se- there is seeming to be an upswell in people wanting to do more, a bit more nogi we, we mm.
1: love nogi as well we train right. a lot of nogi but oh,
3: yeah. I also find that because we have a like um the population that we have here is also maybe a little bit older some of the guys it also puts them off they're like I need to work tomorrow I can't get hill hooked and not walk for you uh, know a couple of months yeah yeah hill hooks and that scare do scare some people off, but um, attacks, yeah, so. the leg attacks and the Z locks and all that sort of stuff are, are pretty pretty full cool on if you're not, not real sure what you what you're doing. So, um, mm. we we have how I many? Yeah, it's pretty much 90% gay. Yeah, I would say. Yeah,
1: but looking at you know trying to change that, um but we will probably always be a dominant. You know, gay.
3: Um, yeah, there's other guys in our association, they're, they're 50-50, They're yeah. fifty you know, mm-hmm. they do 50, like 50% gi, 50% yep. no gi. And there's there's others that are probably the majority of of our association is more like us, more yeah. gi than no gi. And then there's others yeah. that kind of are starting to heading towards that 50-50 mark. I think this comes
2: down to education as well, right? Like I'm to, I, we started off talking about education with staff and those sorts of things, right? I think education about yeah. heel hooks and no gi, like I had a guy in my class the other day in the gi, but he's been watching so much YouTube, he's brand new, and he thinks you can heel hook, you know, as a white belt, in the gi, as a beginner, like anyone you want. Like people are coming yeah. in and if they're not expressly told these things, if they're not inducted in a way where they understand the things that can hurt people, but yeah, it really is a scary place to be around when you've got white belts yanking on your knee <laughs> through your foot, yeah. you know. Especially in the yeah. gi with all that friction. Oh crazy. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned Owen that your club's a little bit older demographic. So what would you sort of say what's your average kind of age range of of your Oh, we've students? got
3: I think our our age range is very broad. We've got guys like starting at 50, you know 50 plus and then we've got what? you know guys still in high school, still training with us, you know. So it's like it's a pretty big pretty big uh age range. People yeah. at all sorts of you know, stages of their life and all that sort mm. of stuff. Um, mm. uh, yeah, but I think that that's a, that's a concern that I hear for the, the guys that are a bit older is that the heel hooks are kind of like, it's a lot of wrestling, a lot of, you know, snap downs and all that sort of stuff and, mm. you know, collar ties, heavy collar ties and all that sort of stuff. So they're like, oh, I don't know if no gi is for me. I'll stick to the gi. Mm. You know, they come in and they watch the no gi for sure and they're like, yeah. oh, I'd love to do that one day. Maybe not right now though, you know. Yeah.
0: It's definitely a lot faster, I think, as you get a bit older, it's harder to have that explosiveness and that speed that is, I guess, kind of required for no gear. You haven't got the grips to hold on to and and all of that. So would you say that as a coach, you coach a beginner that is 50 plus differently to how you would coach someone who's just come out of high school?
3: yeah for sure i mean the yeah the, the first thing that you you know you tell them to do is listen to their body you know like just you know mm. try and train as much as you can but if your body's telling you to take a day off take a day off you know you don't have you're not in a race it's not a you know it's a it's a marathon not a sprint you know so just take take your time just spend your time on the mat trying to absorb as much as you can but the the young guys we were talking just before that the young guys they learn so fast too yeah it's like they think. I don't know, like they seem to pick up things much faster than I did at that stage. I remember used to I used to have to practice and practice and couldn't make anything work. And these guys nowadays, they just kind of like get it. They just get it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I have concerns about the young people as well, though. I gotta say, like there are good people, like people I've watched come up through the ranks like Cooper Burnham. He's an absolute god at jujitsu, right? But he has blown out big chunks of his body. He's only in his early Mm twenties. You know he's had knee ricos and things already and like i just i love that guy a lot and i don't like to see people in pain like i, I like i think that teaching like, like letting kids go balls to the wall is like it's okay like it's gonna happen they're gonna go for it but i just don't know if there's another way where they can actually present and kids lifting weight like my son's lifting weights like there's no tomorrow right now he's got even though he doesn't want to compete he's got his eyes set on lifting records for kids his age and stuff like that i don't know do do we try and restrain these people as well a bit or do we just
1: i reckon it's more about like educating like i think if your coach is you know really up to date like Owen, you know he watches so much um especially in the nogi stuff now like he mm. he watches so much nogi stuff like you know i definitely think it is to do with educating like as a coach to be able to educate your student to be able to know their body and and not you Mm. know you can't move this way if you move this way you're going to blow your knee out you know what I mean Mm. I definitely think that has a big part to play but I don't know it's a hard one
3: yeah I think I think that's the hard thing it's like we 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 practice a sport where you're constantly told you know like you know embrace the grind and and grind through pajada every day all that Mm. sort of stuff you know and if you there's a, there comes a point where you're just not listening to your body. And if you go over that edge, it's like you take your body into a place where it's hard to really hard to come back from. Yeah. So you, I think there's gotta be, there's gotta be some balance there, you know? Yeah. Awesome.
0: Speak, speaking about kids, you guys have got one and another one on the way. Um, what's your sort of take on your kids doing jujitsu? Is it mandatory? They have to do it or just going to let them decide for themselves or?
1: um I definitely think we would love um well Jude our son we would love to um him to do it but I think if we had a if we had a girl like we, we have we have a boy and we have another boy on the way so I think it's kind of a little bit different um we we want them to do it and we we would love to but I don't think we're gonna push them to do it um you know I mean he's been on the mat since he was you know but one yeah list. he literally <laughs> learned to walk in covid like he learned to walk here and um so when he comes on it's like you know he sees all these people and he's like no 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 this is my space <laughs> so he definitely knows the mat as you know his home sort of thing so i definitely think he will want to do it but um you know i we're not going to push them into it um mm. I no
3: think. i think the big problem is like most Kids, he doesn't like listening to his parents, so yeah, we haven't got much luck like teaching him. We might have to take him somewhere else. Yeah, I can tell you
2: from experience, it doesn't get any easier. Not so, not for me, so yeah. far. Anyway. And actually, um, I'm, not even, I'm 50, I'm still not listening to my parents, so you know, it's on
1: I definitely, um, he's kind of at an age now where we start the tots at like three and a half, maybe a little earlier, but um, you know when I was pregnant, like a few of our students and like good friends, they all were kind of, we were all pregnant. There was like five, four of us, five of us Mm. around the same time. We were, I think we were the last or the second last, but um, their kids are kind of getting to that stage now, where like you know, a few of them have done my tots class, and I'm like, oh, I really want you to do it, but there is no way he would sit there for me, you know? He'd be <laughs> like, oh yeah, my space, I'll do what I want. you like, yeah.
3: no. and the whole class would then descend into chaos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so he will will probably, you know, we definitely think it's super important. Like that's what we teach, right? That's our business, but um, we will probably push him a little when he's older right now I don't think you know until he can really listen to us and understand what we're doing we I don't think we'll be able to push him you know Mm.
2: I often think about that like if you look at Michael Jordan for example like his dad was his best friend and kind of coach or you know like strategic manager and I'm like was there ever a time where Michael Jordan where you just you know went in the opposite direction of your dad you wouldn't let your dad anywhere near you or like or was it always like that like I, I'm wondering is it too late for me and my son to for me to be <laughs> his best mate who's who supportive through everything like is that ship sailed or like like did I push my kid too hard uh, younger like that's 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 a question for me I look at certain kind of dad son dynamics and mom son dynamics and, and I'm like and daughter and I'm like yeah is, there, yeah, is there a magic formula to keeping your kid by your side forever? I, I haven't cracked the code.
1: It's so hard. I mean, you know, we probably should be asking you guys this. We're so new <laughs> at it. <laughs> Every day we're like, oh, my gosh, are we doing the right thing? You know, it's so hard to know what to do, what not to do, you know, with your kids. Mm.
0: And, Sarah, what about training during pregnancy? How did you go with that, like, first time around and then this time? Did you train? Yeah, yeah. Or... Um...
1: Yeah, I actually trained the whole way through um, my first pregnancy. Um I had an amazing pregnancy with Jude, like um no no like morning sickness, no no issues, but we were um in covid like halfway through. Um but we still we still trained. Um yeah, I really didn't have an issue. It was it was pretty awesome. I did regret um pulling back not pulling back on my jiu jitsu and continuing with my weights. I think now that I'm yeah. pregnant again, um, my, you know, obviously my main priority is my jitsu, but, um, I will be doing more weights this time. Cause I feel like I, um, lost a lot of my, uh, muscle just, you uh-huh. know, being pregnant and then, um, have, really struggling to, to get it back up there. But, um, this sure. pregnancy is been different i have really struggled at the start i was really sick um but i'm feeling a lot better now in saying that i feel like my body now is way better to have another baby whereas before i felt like i was so tight and i i could train heaps because my body was like really stable but whereas now like you know we were training some nogi the other day and like i just like getting myself in like, you know, escaping the legs and all those sorts of positions. It's like putting a bit of pressure on my tummy mm. um, so and my hips and, you know, all, all my joints and stuff. So mm. I definitely think it's probably been a bit harder this time around, um, but I will go back to I probably do a bit more gi work, which which I've been doing, which is hard because last time around, like obviously no gi's been... You know, it is really popular, but I feel like in the last, you know, since Jude's been born, it's really, like, grown. So I feel like everyone, you know, wants to do no gee, no-gi, no-gi train, which is great. I love it, but for me now, it's probably not as good, so I'll probably mm. just stick to more ghee and way more passing, which mm. helped me so much last time. It helped my passing so much when I was pregnant the first time. So,
2: mm. yeah. yeah. Interesting. I'm awesome. um, Just going back a step. Kim actually has managed to get her boys, her three boys, in a room, put the same dress on, <laughs> get them holding the dog for years, yeah. right? So Kim,
1: I love that photo. Yeah, totally
2: so. Right. So you got to share your secret. Like, what is it like 10 minutes before that photo? Are you screaming at everyone? Like, get the hell in this room. Oh, no, no,
0: no. I don't even wait 10 minutes. I give them plenty of notice in oh, advance. So, right. like you know, if the first of the month is coming up and I know it's say on a Saturday, yeah. I know that they're not all going to be home. So I have to sometimes schedule it for a day. Like I'll take that photo on a Wednesday yeah. and then I'll just upload it to Facebook on the, on the Saturday yeah. when it actually happens. But no, no, they're pretty cooperative now, now that we've got the dogs involved as well, it's much oh. easier. They, they just fight over who's holding which dog. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. really well, Was there ever a time them. where
2: you're like, this is going to fall apart, Kim. And you were like, like I got, I'm just going to abandon this. It's like I, it's too much stress. Or have you yeah, managed- there
0: was a couple of, way back, like back in the teenage years. Now they're all a bit older. They're all adults, more or less. Like yeah. it's not so bad. And now I'm I'm actually probably at the other end of the scale. I'm more at the. You'll see soon. Like maybe one or two of them will leave when they leave the nest. Yeah. Then the the family group will get smaller. So yeah, it's sort of like the passing of time. Yeah. Sort of cool. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I definitely remember those early days of the toddler and preschooler and newborn stage. It's, yeah, hats off to you because that's um, that's the heavy yeah. lifting time that's of the, the parenthood, case. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Sorry, can I ask a question, Kim? When did yeah. you start training? Like how old were you? Did you start after they were born? Like, yeah, um, yeah.
0: I started way yeah. late. I started when I was yeah. 34. So my okay. kids were, like, in school. I think my youngest yeah. – Randall was still at home. And I used to bring him and just put him on the side of the mat and he would just yeah. watch me, you know, get choked out over and over. <laughs> and then actually sometimes on weekends I would bring them and I would say to them, if you're really good, you know, we can go to the supermarket and you'll get like a treat. And they would only <laughs> get that treat if they were good. And that was the only way like that I could yeah. train to start with. Yeah, so, it's so hard, it? Yeah, it was so um, – just to have them sit there for a half hour or an hour was impossible. Yeah. Like, they would yeah. go crazy. Do you
1: feel like – um now, you know, obviously seeing, I mean, more people are training preg- when they're pregnant and stuff. Do you feel like if you were in that, what would your, would you, you know, you'd still train? Like how, what would you think that I you would know. do? I
0: don't know. I feel like it's easier to train pregnant when you're a more advanced belt, like yep. purple, brown, black. I don't know if I'd be as keen to train if I was just a white belt, blue belt, because mm you don't yeah. really have that body awareness and For sure. it's funny, especially as a female, I don't know if it's just me, but when I was a lower belt, I felt wrong to kind of knock back people. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's specific to me, but as a white yeah. belt or a blue belt, if a big guy asked me to roll, I would just say, yes, that's fine. Mm. I wouldn't feel comfortable yeah. to say, no, I don't want to roll with you. And I feel like as a pregnant um, person, you really need to have that boundary because Definitely. that seems to be the biggest challenge here. Yeah, to, Pick your partners and stay safe. That's a good practice. point. Yeah, okay. You say
1: that because, um, sorry, no, 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 it's please, interesting you say please, that I because so <laughs> a cute. lot of people ask me like, oh, um, can't believe you still train, rah, rah, rah. And I, I always say to them, I feel like even, you know, looking back at Bluebell, I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't train because I just don't have the skills yeah. and the awareness to yeah. protect myself. Whereas now, like, I just want to mm. pick all my roles, like, you know, yeah. and then I won't put myself in the, that position. That's
0: it. And I it is a very have- short amount of time, really, in the scheme of your life. It's like yeah. nine months out of your whole life. And you can go back to jujitsu afterwards. Like, yeah. it will still be there. Obviously, you'll have a yeah. bit of a gap, but, you know, it's not worth uh, risking. That was my I'd love,
2: to, I'd love to have that conversation, guys, because. Um, Kim talking about knocking back rolls, like I was taught in addition to never washing my belt, I was taught you never knock back a roll at request from a higher belt. Is this it, like if if the not washing your belt is now out of fashion or the washing your washing your belt is now important, are you allowed to also knock back rolls from higher belts now? is that is that something that's shifted?
3: So we have I have a, I have a rule here that the girls can knock back whoever they like, right. I think okay. that for them to come to a, an all levels class they need to have um they need to be able to feel like they're in control of the rounds and they can get the rounds that they like and with who they're comfortable with i think that it's too it, it just leaves a door open for too many you know you know there's obviously there's a hierarchy and there's a hierarchy for the girls same thing yeah. as the guys but the girls still have priority. They can say no to whoever they like. They can arrange their roles first and then the guys can have role with whoever after that. Okay, so that's great. the that's the rule we have here. So that so mm-hmm. the women can feel like they've they're you know in control of their
1: rounds. But or definitely they. a hierarchy within the
3: Yeah. yeah. So just like is a hierarchy for the for the guys, there's a hierarchy for the girls too. If a high belt woman asks out and asks another lady to roll, she can still say no. And then she should sit on the wall. She shouldn't just say oh no thanks and then roll someone else after you know yeah <laughs> yeah great
1: yep.
2: amazing. yeah amazing what do you nice what season. do you think about that uh sarah what's what's your
1: views um i definitely think it is it's a great rule we've kind of implemented um you know within the gym i definitely you know i it's it's hard because you know with our gym like i feel you know, because they are our students, I feel like, oh, everyone's great roles, you know, everyone will partner and be nice. And it's not that they're not nice, but it's like, again, like I was saying, like, you know, it, it does feel nice and secure, even if we don't use those rules, you know, we know that we can say no to whoever um, and, and you know, just kind of keep going. Um, But I I usually try and, you know, say to the girls, like even if they're new and stuff, just, you know, because we can choose the roles that we we want, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I just say don't, just don't leave it to the last minute. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, make sure you're on the mat. You know who's in class. You know how they roll and you know who you like to roll. So, you know, as soon as the round's over, I know you like to have a chat and stuff, but just go over to the person or like ask them quickly to roll. So it's just not, there's no room for that kind of, awkwardness and saying yeah. no and um, you know, just, just stuff like that. So yeah,
2: great, great advice.
0: On, on that same sort of vein, mm. how is it for you guys as a couple being like a coach student student and also being a husband <laughs> and wife, like, how does that go? Anton normally asks this question, but yeah. I'm jumping in and asking. <laughs> Sorry, it. Guys. So what's the dynamics um, like? Do you take it away, take it home with you, or can you leave it on the gosh, mat? Or- Do you want
3: the, is- real, the, the real answer? or the- <laughs> Yeah. That's what we're here for. We want the dirt, guys. Come <laughs> on. To be Listen honest... To
1: we it's
3: changed over time so
1: much so much yeah. i look back now at like white blue purple like even now i'm like oh god just some of the things like i would probably put him through like i'm like oh no you know not shouldn't have said that shouldn't have done that but i definitely think it's really hard like it's really hard yeah um to do and it's you know the hardest i would say the hardest thing is to um not take it home
2: yeah yeah
1: you Know, like, yeah. um, not, not take that hierarchy home. Not, I'm not saying he does that like he, you know, if anyone knows him is like, you know, the nicest person, but it is just hard to not have that at home and mm. not even that, just have that, like, uh, that I don't know, that sort of stuff going on, but yeah. I definitely it's, think
3: it's definitely hard. I think you have to, you have to get there's definitely a feeling out process and you learn the things yeah. that obviously irritate your partner and things like that. And you're trying to train and, and be a good training partner. And then it, it's, you're also trying to be a, at the same time, a coach and you are still the, still the husband or, or wife. And, and you, there's a, it's definitely a balancing act and yeah. it does take a lot of time to work that out. So you can both kind of have a, uh, a middle ground to rock, like to, you know yeah you I definitely think we out. are
1: so much better at it now when you know we started the gym I was a blue belt and like I just you know I I still and do a lot of the admin sort of side of, of the business and he does majority you know like the coat the coaching um so you know it would be hard for me to make decisions off the mat to do with our business which is jiu-jitsu and then come on the mat and he'll be like mm-mm like You can't, you can't talk to me like that. But now I get it. Now I wouldn't even ask him questions that would kind of make him be like, not the right thing to do or say, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's just time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah, Yeah, I totally get it. It sounds like it's been a roller coaster and I kind of like the fail faster approach in life. Like, I think if you put a relationship in a bit of a pressure cooker and it survives, it's going to come out better. And if it doesn't, you can get on with your life and find someone else who is gonna is a match, you know what I mean? Like you want to be with people who are a match for you and what you're up to and who can kind of rise with you and grow with you. And I I like fail faster because you know, like why not? We're gonna fail anyway at some point if we don't start to learn and grow and look after each other. So, well yeah. done, guys. Yeah. You, you passed it.
3: <laughs> Where did it you guys meet?
2: <laughs> Where did you guys meet? Did
3: you meet through jiu-jitsu or how did that work? So, kind of. uh, before, uh, before we opened the gym, I was teaching at the headquarters, which is in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And Sarah used to work uh, downstairs in, they had a physio downstairs yeah. and we had to, Man, the desk at lunchtime. We so shared We shared a desk. So yeah. we would, so I'd, I'd be sitting there, and we'd be just talking, and that's how we kind, of, that's how we kind of met, and yeah, oh, started hanging boy. out. That, so I brought her to jiu jitsu. Yeah.
1: So I didn't do jiu jitsu when uh-huh. we met. Yeah. I was actually a swimmer, so I kind of had to had shoulder surgery, and I, I, you know, had to give up swimming and stuff. So that I was like, I had such a good relationship because I was always at the physio anyway. Yeah. So they asked me if I wanted a job, so I said <laughs> yes. Yeah. So oh. yeah, that's I didn't do jiu-jitsu.
0: He brought oh, me in. And what about you, Owen? How did you get started in jiu-jitsu? So you've been you're a third degree, so you've obviously been around for a while. Like yeah, tell us about when you started. I started
3: my first jiu-jitsu class was in, in ninety-seven on the Gold Coast with Vincent Perry. Hey, um, me too. Evan.
2: Vincent Perry was my first coach.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's the one that. who told you not to wash your belt.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I
0: you, know, you told me to man, to man. My I'm
2: pretty sure it was him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: it so we go I started with Vince I did about a year and then you know life got in the way and then I moved to Sydney in 99 um and then I uh I started in March of 2001 and then my coach who's my coach now Bruno Pana, who turned up um arrived from Brazil and I've been with Bruno ever since so uh yeah so that's that's when I started like yeah, it was way, way back. Back when I when I started, Vince was a blue belt. Wow. So that was a long, uh, long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and Bruno had just got his black belt when and he was the first actual Brazilian black belt that I'd seen. I've I'd met John Will and, you know, uh John uh John Donahue down from Melbourne. I've met them before, but he was the first actual Brazilian that I met that was a that was a black belt. And I'd I'd watch him just smash everybody in the room, the big guys, the little guys, everyone. It was like it was like magic. I couldn't believe it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's such yeah. a cool story, man. I love it. I feel bonded to you forever now. Vincent Perry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do
3: you still keep in communication with, with Vince Perry or are you Oh I every now and then I've i I've, I've shot him a message on Facebook and that, but I haven't I've not seen him for years. Yeah but, yeah, a long, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. since I've seen him. Wow. But yeah, no that, don't really keep in touch, but yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah. you would have seen a huge change then in in the jujitsu scene, Owen, since since you started in two thousand and one, especially around Sydney. Can you tell us a mm. bit about like what changes you've seen?
3: The, oh, the changes! I mean, it was before you'd be doing a, a fringe sport that nobody knew what it was. People would, not mm. you know, you're doing, you know, I'd tell people that they'd be like, "What happened to your ears?" and I'd say. I'd just tell them rugby because it, you tell them <laughs> Brazilian jiu jitsu, and then they'd be like, Isn't that that dance fighting thing? And, oh, like, no, yes. that's, where yes. and then you got to start the whole thing. So I just say, Oh, just rugby. And they're like, oh, Okay, cool. Yeah. It's like, that's question. Wow. the easy way. Out. Oh, my God. Yeah. But now everyone knows what everyone knows jiu jitsu. Everyone knows it, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to think how far the sports come, mm. you know. Um, just,
1: so much change the technique as well
3: yeah i mean well i mean the fact that if you had have asked me when i was a blue belt or even a purple belt that one day i'd have my own gym i would have thought you're crazy i was just mm-hmm. too busy training and you know and thought to think that it was a proper business that you could actually go into now then mm-hmm. there's, you know and the other thing for the guys nowadays there's so many different ways for them to to make a career out of jiu-jitsu as well mm-hmm. you know they could you know, they could be commentating, they could be instructing, they could be running tournaments, you know, yeah. there's there's so many different ways they could do that. So mm-hmm. it, I think the opportunities that the sport is providing to people nowadays is huge. And I think it's, it's like, we're still, it's still getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. What's yeah it, what was sure. your
2: inspiration for opening your own gym? I don't know if you've already answered it and I've zoned out for a second or not, but what,
3: what caused you to go? Yeah, I'm doing it.
2: I'm opening a gym.
3: Um, well, I worked for at the headquarters for like six or seven years, so it, that was quite a, a while. And it wasn't until Sarah actually came along, and she was the one that probably put the fire in me, saying, mm-hmm. "We could, you could do this. We could do this. We could mm-hmm. actually." You know, I was pretty I was pretty comfortable just teaching at the... She's like, we can open up at our the... own
2: swim school or our own BJJ school, <laughs> yeah. which one will it be?
3: Except I'm really bad swimming.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she wanted ears uh, like yeah, yours, so... bro. That's what it was. She was like, how do we
3: get ears like yours? I don't know, will open our own school. Yeah, so honest, honestly, it was probably, you know, like we we talked about it a lot. And then at first I was kind of like, I'm pretty happy where I am, you know, like I'm, I'm teaching in a really big academy. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I love what I'm doing. It was great. And then, you know, the more and more we talked about it and the more that we, you know, started thinking about the probably future. Our and,
1: life.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. Then, you know, we probably, you know, she helped me realize it was probably the right decision for us. And yeah, the rest is history, I guess. Mm. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess it'd be remiss of me not to ask this because um, I'm, I'm not sure how to word this, but um, Gracie schools sometimes seen in somewhat of a different light, if I could say, like how mm-hmm. um, do you guys sort of structure your classes? Are they kind of mostly self-defence based? Are they like, what do you think about the, you know, sometimes there is a little bit of a divide between yeah, normal jujitsu and Gracie jujitsu. So can you sure. talk to us a bit about that?
3: Yeah, look, there is there is a bit of a divide, you know. Um, but I guess the one thing that you want as a jiu-jitsu instructor, if you're instructing jujitsu and you're you're teaching your guys to, you know, you're teaching them a sport at the same time you're teaching them self-defense. But if you have a student that comes in one day with, you know, with a black eye and they got in a fight and they mm. got beat up, you probably need to ask yourself, am I doing enough of the self-defense or am I doing enough of, you know, um, Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing that that I try to focus on is that yes, we're, we're still doing, we're doing a sport a lot of the time, and but we're still teaching people to, you know, especially the young guys in your in your academy, if they, they're going out on the weekends, they're having a good time, every now and then one of them's going to get in a fight. you know, if they can't defend themselves effectively, um, then you probably need to look at your program and make some adjustments. Um, thankfully, I haven't had that happen yet. Um, I'm pretty confident. It is very hard. This is the thing, right? If you think about all of the, the different schools out there, and now so many of the schools are going down separate tracks, like just doing no-gi or just mm. doing the gi or, you know, and then to add the self-defense aspect on top of that, it does become very hard to cover ac- cover across all those, all the, all the areas you need to touch. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, you just got to try and, try and do your best then if there's some students that want to focus a little bit more nogi they they're going to do that and then others that want to you know focus on self defense but i think the 95% of people 99% of people that walk through the door they're not trying to be world champion they're trying to they're trying to learn how to defend themselves get some self confidence all that sort of stuff mm. so i think that your program definitely needs to uh to focus on that so they can they can get what they need out of the program
2: yeah, yeah, love it. No, Some great.
3: one something that came out
2: of the Gracie kind of lineage, which I love, is this Boyd belt system. Man, I don't think it's an official thing from the club, but this guy, this uh, John Boyd, um, talks about uh, how well, Hannah Gracie realized this actually. But it talked the, the Boyd belt system is that for every ten years older than you, sorry, for every ten years younger than you that someone is, that's a belt, and for every ten yep. kilos heavier than you that someone is, that's a belt. Yeah. So like when I get tapped by white belts who are like 20 years, 30 years younger than me or much bigger than me, like it always, like there would be versions of me without just even that knowledge. Like I love how the Gracie family is always on this mission to kind of help us kind of like they're systematizing categorizing, like th- that is something the Gracie family have always done. So, well, they need stuff that works, but also stuff that keeps you in the game and, and wanting to move forwards. So yeah, I'm a big fan of, of just uh, like, I love the Gracie family. And I, we had, um, Tiago on the, on the show a little while back, and he's, he moved back to Brazil. And I'm like, what's the Gracie family reputation like over there? And he's like, everybody respects the Gracie's, man. Like everybody loves the Gracie's, you know? You know, that's my point. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: we're we're nearly out of time, guys. So um do you have any any final words, both of you? Just just over one minute to go to to wrap up this episode. Yeah, I mean,
1: like it's really nice that you guys asked us on this podcast. We really yeah, thanks um, for having you, us. Yeah. I mean, we you know, we I have listened to your podcast, so um it's really cool. And then like, you know, looking at on on who you had, like we were kind of really humbled. <laughs> we were really happy oh. that, you know, you asked. So thank you. We um Yeah, it's really nice for us to do something together. Of course. So we appreciate
2: it. You guys are great. You're welcome. And also, quick note to any of our listeners, I've had complaints that on the audio versions of actual podcasts, sometimes some of the audio is missing, like (laughs) half the audio channels. So if that is you try listening to us on YouTube or other places, I don't know what it is. We're going to investigate it. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate yeah. you. Him we'll have this episode everything. out
0: in a couple of weeks. If you could share yeah. it, that'd be awesome. And uh, yeah, keep, keep growing our audience. And we'll see you on the mats. You
3: see you on the mats. Thanks, see guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.
1: Bye.